Hey, hey, hey. What's up, fam? Come on in the room. It's Tuesdays with Tawana. What's going on? What's going on? I am Tawana, a.k.a. Rev T, your host and your curator for this weekly dialogue, this weekly conversation that we have about whatever, whatever's going on in the world, whatever is going on in our worlds, whatever is going on, we are here to chop it up together. So I'm so grateful. Tuesday, it seems like I was just here on Tuesday talking about living a life as a Nick fan and how it parallels to um, our lives or my life. So repping the Knicks one more time today. I know we don't play until tomorrow. It's all good, but got to rep the Knicks because I'm still very excited that we are in the playoffs, even though we are down uh, 3-1. Keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. That's what we do. That's what we've been doing as Knicks fans. So yeah, so we're going to get things started and get things popping because we have a few things that we need to talk about on today. Let me just make sure. Yeah, there we go. I'm going to put this on my page and then we are going to get started. As most of you know, you comment. I comment back. I see you. I'll shout you out. Um, If you have any questions or comments or concerns, You know, we bring it into the room because this is not about me talking for 30 minutes. It's about us sharing and building community together. What's up, my pink sister? Grace and blessings. Good to see you. Yes, can't wait to see you face to face and in person for sure. So, yeah, so we're going to chop it up today on a few things that have been going on. Um, Little rumblings that I've been hearing Um, and kind of want to hear from community and what you think about it. Um, Yeah, yeah. So the first thing, as you see in the ticker going across the top of the the screen, is whiteness, whiteness and bonnets and beards. Oh, my. Yeah. We've been talking, people have been talking about this whole bonnet thing and it kind of spilled into, or maybe even started with men with facial hair. And I have locks. I have my locks covered today, not for any particular reason, but I love wearing head wraps. It just seems and feels so sacred and so wonderful to have my head covered and protected in this way. And I'm sure there, there was a time when I showed up for a Zoom meeting or something and I had my head wrapped and someone asked, was it a do-rag? Um, because again, not understanding where I'm from and what I bring to the table. And we laughed it off because it was just that sacred group and, and we talked about it. But um, these are things that happen when things are different from the whiteness, the norm of whiteness then it is seen as adverse or it's seen as wrong or different and not understanding means that you need to conform to the uh, status quo and the whiteness that is happening in and around our community. So, um, yeah, it's we're going to talk about that today and how do we show up 
in the world with just being who we are without the judgment that comes along with it. Yeah, without the judgment that comes along with it. The way we talk, we're judged. The way we eat or what we choose to eat, we're judged. The way we dress or not dress, we're judged. The way we wear our hair, we are judged. So I'm I'm just really, uh, yeah, I want to talk about it and hear what what you have to say about it. Hey, Mother Carolyn, good to see you. Good to see you. So yeah, so let's let's chop it up a bit. Um, so let's start with the hair bonnet thing. Um, so uh, the comedian Monique. Um, in, in what she deemed as in her loving way. Hey, Mama Lovey, good to see you. Um, she, she said that a lot of people call her auntie. So she's coming on this, this live feed or this live video to talk about, um, women and how they show up at the airport or running to the store, right? We see a lot of bonnets, pajamas, slippers, blankets, for whatever reason, I don't talk to these women. I don't know who they, not that I don't talk to them because I'm not supposed to, but I don't know what their intentions are. Maybe it is for comfort. Maybe it is, I don't give a, I'm just gonna show up and be who I be. I remember growing up in, in Wagner Projects and my mother always telling me, you know, do not go outside with rollers in your hair. We had the sponge rollers, right? So I had to roll up my little bang and she would never let me go out of the house without washing my face, brushing my teeth, putting on some outside clothes to go outside because inside clothes were for inside and outside clothes are for outside. Where this come from, I don't know. My mother is not here for me to ask, but it reminds me of this moment with um, Monique calling out or calling in. Hey, Cordio. Yes, finally, you are missed. I'm glad you were missed. I'm glad you are here. So we're talking about bonnets, whiteness, bonnets and beards. Oh my. So, um, so, so Monique decides to put this video together and asking women to, to show their pride, not that they don't have any pride on the inside, but to show their pride when they are out and about or at the airport or whatever. And I, I struggled with that for a bit because it reminded me of respectability politics and meritocracy or the myth of meritocracy. And it, it sounded very white to me. It was rooted in whiteness when we start policing how people dress or it's okay for a white person to come out and they they may have all the money in the world, but them pair of sneakers have been rocking with them for the last 15 years, you know, um, overworn jeans, a stretched out t-shirt. No one is saying anything about that. And as soon as we come out and if we did the same thing or did something a little different, like wear a bonnet on our head, then it's a problem, then it's shameful, then it's it doesn't fit into the status quo. And I wanna know what y'all think about that. Um, am I overthinking this thing? 
respectability politics is about um, fitting into a status quo. Usually the dominant narrative is the status quo and those who are historically oppressed or marginalized um, tend to conform or fit in to that status quo. So one of the things I just mentioned about going to school, graduating from college, getting married, having children, dressing a certain way, you will not um, have to deal with the ills of this world, including racism. And we all know that that is not true. That is absolutely not true. So um, respectability politics has been going on for a very long time from the days when I believe, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of the woman who wanted to get into Howard Law School and they wouldn't even um, allow her uh, to be admitted because they didn't admit women into um, Howard's Law School. But then she said something quite interesting. I think it was Fannie Lou Barrier. Um, I'll get the name and make sure I put it in, in the comments. But she even said that they they should accept her um, into this program because her thinking is outside of just being a woman, that she actually thinks and can defend like a man. And although in that time she said what she needed to say to get into the room, it still dismissed who she was as a woman in order to conform to what society was deeming as those who are in charge, which were men, those who were in control, which were white men, those who had the power, which were white men. And then black men were trying to conform to that and staying clean shaven and dressing a certain way and living up to this myth of meritocracy where your merits will get you through the door. Um, pulling yourselves up by your own bootstraps when we don't have boots, let alone straps. So all of this is nothing new, this bonnet or bonnets or rollers or pajamas or slippers. So how how is it that we can contend with that when we show up in the world unapologetically, showing up as who we be um, and, and not being judged by it? Um, does it mean because I show up in a bonnet and pajamas that I'm, I'm not educated, and who's to say that I need to be formula, formally educated to be educated? Or even if I am formally educated and I still walk through the airport with uh, a scarf on, I, I wouldn't do it because that's what my mama taught me. <laughs> and I, I hold on to that, but it's starting to make me think a bit about what does that mean for society and what does that mean for us as we show up in the world as black women. This is for Miss Odessa. Just pay attention. Tomorrow night is on. So, um, hey, Javon, good to see you, my beloved. Um, Charlotte E. Ray does not sound familiar. Um, and I really want y'all to know this name. It may have been Fanny Barrier Williams, not Fanny Lou. I'm think mixing up Fanny Lou Hamer and um, Fanny Barrier Williams, but I think that's who it it was. And yes, Anna Paula Mur Paulie Murray, Paulie Murray, um, another black feminist, womanist, posthumously 
Um, these are the women that had to fight for um, spaces and places and their agency and show up in the world. But even then, it was based on making sure they got PhDs when um, other women weren't afforded the opportunity to do so. Those are the people that started the the Coalition of Negro Women um, or the Council of Negro Women, or those are the same people that were pushed behind the scenes when all of the prominent men were going to Howard and Morehouse and how women, they were the planners and the movers and the shakers behind the scenes, just like we are now here in the United States where everything that's in this country we built, and yet we can't even get a bill passed um, about protecting us, about protecting who we be and how we show up in this world. And yet we find all of a sudden that there's this uptick of support for Asian American Pacific Islanders, or there's an uptick on with support in, in other, um, with what's going on in Israel and Palestine. And all those, although those things are important, it's, it's a horrible habit that we have as Americans where we only focus on one thing and not realizing that if you focus on the least of these, if you focus on the most marginalized, if you focused on the most oppressed, then everyone will be free if you focus on that and dismantle those systems. So, but we're always pushed to the side. We're not given reparations. We're not given, we as the black diaspora, as the African diaspora, we are not given an apology. We are not given anything. If anything, we're set to bars and standards that it's setting us up to fail. And they're wondering why we're not failing because we are brilliant. We are co-creators. We know how to work the system because we just have brilliant minds innately. They judge us for the food that we eat. Um, I don't know if you're watching um, High on the Hog, but it is such a beautiful, beautiful story about who we are and 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 how our food has influenced, like many other things in this country, has influenced American cuisine. And I remember when, um, all right, Courtney, whatever. Okay. <laughs> hey, Evelyn Wimberly, so good to see you, Miss Wimberly. No, you are right on time. I love you, love you, love you so much. Um, so how we influenced American cuisine and how we influenced so many other things. But I remember with when Soul to Soul, um, they're still doing the Facing Racism program remotely. But when it was done in person, we would always have Ethiopian food. And Ethiopian food, oftentimes with the injera and, and you sop it up with your fingers and you eat with your hands. It's a very beautiful, messy cuisine right? Very beautiful, very beautiful and messy. And it really spoke to the work that we were doing as Black women leading predominantly white groups in dismantling what they have created and what they have started, which is white privilege, white supremacy, racism, anti-Black racism, and getting them to dismantle that. So you are going to experience all of this blackness that you don't get to experience in mainstream America, unless it's being um, appropriated or, and misappropriated by other groups, whether it's the clothes that we wear or the way our bodies are naturally shaped or the way we wear our hair, whatever it is, we are constantly being judged by it. And then the standard almost speaks to the exact opposite of who we be, which is setting us up um, for, for failure. It's, it's, it's setting us up 
um, to, to get uh, wages that are much less than than white men, or it's setting us up not to get the scholarships and stuff to go to college, and we are the ones riddled in, in debt. Um, it sets us up to um, living in, in areas that don't have good schools, that don't even have libraries, that don't have um, computer access for every student. And, and all of these things are set up intentionally to make us fail, which is why it's so important that we define who we are and not um, the comedian Monique um, telling the sisters, you know, you don't know, it doesn't matter. Somebody's showing up as a human being is showing up as a human being to get on a plane, to mind their business, to go wherever they're going to go, period, full stop. Do I agree? No. This is where we, it's okay to agree to disagree, but I can tell you this, you will not see me at the airport with a bonnet, but you know what? Someone may not like the fact that I'm a preacher and I have on sweats and a t-shirt because I know that there are a lot of preachers out there who dress in suits or they wear their collar or they make sure there's some sort of preacher attire because that's how they're supposed to present themselves when they're in public or when they're traveling. So they may have a problem with the way I dress and I want to be comfortable when I'm on a plane. Um, and I don't want to have to be judged by how I show up in the world that is not hurtful to others. I'm, I'm just saying, and maybe it's me. Maybe it's because my dear late mother would ingrain this in me and taught this to me. So y'all holler back at me if if there are other um, opinions out there. But um, I, I'm just, I'm trying to understand with all that is going on in the world right now, we are really concerned with how these young women are showing up at the airport to travel. I, and, and I... Cordio says, you can't please everyone. We have to agree to disagree and keep it moving. A absolutely. And, and Cordio, at what point, though, do we come to a place where we're not at an impasse, where we're actually coming together and honoring each other as human beings and how we show up in, in the world? Um, I, I, I remember, you know, growing up, I grew up on hip hop rap music. I, I grew up in Harlem. So I was there. I, I was just born very young when hip hop was born in the Bronx, right across the bridge from me. And I remember um, listening to, to rap music by a lot of men and a lot of men that sexualized women. And then when women came with the comeback, it was like, oh, she's this, she's that, she's a hoe. She shouldn't dress this way. But it was okay when the men with sexualized women, but when we took took um, power and control back over our own bodies and our own agency and showed up in the capacity in which we desire to show up, then, then it's a problem. It's a problem. And this reminds me of that same thing, the way um, some of the, the rappers who are women now who come back and clap back at dudes. Um, th this, is, this is who I am. This is how I'm going to show up. This is this is my skill. This is my talent. This is what I do. So be it. And if I don't like it and I don't you know, choose to listen to it, then I just don't. Does it always have to be somebody coming at me for some reason? Because I don't do the things the way you do them. 
which quite frankly, sometimes we need to check ourselves because it's rooted in whiteness. It's rooted in whiteness. It's rooted in this white dominant power and control of perfectionism. You are the mistake. There's only one way. Um, All of those things that are rooted in whiteness, um, we've been here long enough where it's 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 becoming ingrained or it has become ingrained in our everyday thinking. So I, I look at my son who has long locks down his back, um, has his master's degree, and when he walks down the street, um, there is nothing about any of that meritocracy that's going to save him from the ills of society that looks at this black, beautiful black man as a threat, as a perceived threat. So is he supposed to walk around with a clean shaven face and a Caesar haircut or whatever? Will that protect him? No, that won't protect him. You know, where do we get this meritocracy from? It's from whiteness. It's rooted in whiteness. Take me as I am. If I show up for a job interview and I have my locks and I'm coming and I'm bringing it because I know my stuff and I'm bringing it, then you base it on what I have to bring, period, full stop. Rooted in whiteness, Mama Lovey said, please don't get distracted. Absolutely. Cordio says, um, um, we have to learn to be okay with other people's choices or point of view. I've had trouble with folks dressing down for interviews. Um, still, the world and its views are, are changing. And yes, there is a time and a place for everything until we get to that place where we are respectable of each other, Courtney. You hit it right on point. So the way I show up for an interview, now even the way we dress in in the corporate world is different. Before, for men, it was a suit and tie every day. For women, it was a dress suit, um, not even a pantsuit. And then it evolved to pantsuits. And now it's khakis and polos. And women are able to, you know, wear slacks and a blouse or Things have have changed, so and they'll continue to change. But you know what? They will not continue to change. Yeah, many things are rooted in whiteness. Absolutely, um, things won't change unless we're being intentional about them changing. Because the, it's going to keep changing, and it's going to keep changing without our input, without our beautiful prowess, without what we have to say. Courtney said, "Even look at the church." I know there are some um, of my elders who are just done with young people and how we show up. Well, I'm not young, but I'm young in relation to church age. (laughs) So, so, right, wearing jeans was a no-no. Making sure you had on that skirt, making sure you weren't showing any type of cleavage, making sure you had on stockings, I think a long time ago, I did a broadcast about stockings and how I never, ever, 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 ever liked wearing stockings. And I can probably count on one hand how many times I wore stockings because I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. It was a norm that I refused to conform to, even at a very young age. I had beautiful skin. Why would I cover them up with these nylons that kept slipping down or getting a run? They didn't match my skin anyway. So then I had to go to the store and buy another pair of stockings because you had to do sheer because if you did opaque, 
then you're hot as hell. I mean, the list goes on. And why are we doing this for some some merit some meritocracy? To fit into somebody else's picture, to fit into somebody else's norm. We have to define who we are and how we show up in the world. There are certain standards here that might be different from from other countries. The way we um, care for ourselves, the way we, um, you know, the beauty business is billions and billions of dollars, right? And 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 other places they may not wear makeup. Other places they bleach their skin. Other so there are so many different things that depending on where you are. There are some norms that are there, but what are the norms that are degrading us and demeaning us and dismissing us and causing us to disappear? When you are concerned about my hair, that is disrespecting me. And it's dehumanizing me and my choice. If, if you look at my skin color, my beautiful dark skin color, and you perceive it as a threat, that is problematic for me. That is a norm that we cannot conform to. So we got to start defining what these norms are in order for us to live and live life um, fully wherever we are. So if someone can't afford um, an interview outfit like a skirt and a blouse, you know, if they come with slacks and a, a polo shirt and a belt and they're neat and they have their portfolio with them, are we really going to judge them solely on um, just how they showed up for the interview? That That's hurtful and demeaning and degrading. Um, and it's a struggle, Cordio. It's, it's a struggle because things are changing, because expectations are changing. And that's the challenge. When we put expectations on folk and we don't relay those expectations to people and give avenue and way to live up to those expectations, nine times out of 10, you're setting up that person for failure. That's why it's, it's so, communication is the key, especially when it comes to expectations, because who am I to expect anything of you? Expect anything outside of what is life-giving. Expect anything outside of what is honorable. Ex uh, uh, expect anything outside of what includes dignity and respect. So can I still respect homegirl in the bonnet? Can, can I still respect, um, you know, a preacher walking through the airport with sweats and, and a t-shirt? Can, can I respect uh, someone who rather wear big hoop earrings than studs? These things are so superficial, but that's the America that we live in. So when you're dealing with capitalism, then you're dealing with respectability politics and this myth of meritocracy. Rooted in capitalism, rooted in the American way. So when do we just stop? And unless I have a conversation with homegirl or homeboy, who am I to judge? Who am I to judge? Somebody could just be getting on a plane about to take a 14-hour flight, and you think I'm trying to look cute? I mean, I'm already naturally cute. We all are, right? <laughs> but I'm really going to try to zhuzh it up and dress up a bit because I'm about to get on this uncomfortable flight that doesn't have enough leg room for me to begin with. So I don't want to stop the blood circulating in my legs. So I'm going to wear a pair of sweats or better yet, a pair of pajamas. Again, 
I may not agree, but I sure enough ain't going to sit here and, and just allow anyone to be disrespectful and demeaning and degrading by the way someone chooses to dress, to dress. So there's one other thing I wanted to mention before we go, um, you know, men and, and facial hair and, and locks or afros. I mean, we see it in sports and in the NBA, how, how people are really just living out loud and living out their true creative prowess through their blackness. And there are some who have issue with that because we're supposed to look like um, all of the forefathers of this United States who did not have facial hair and we're conforming to a code of whiteness. The way we um, live and the way our hair grows and the way our skin is, just let us be who we be. This is a new season and a new day. No judgment zone is the new way. Look at Mother Carolyn rhyming on my broadcast. <laughs> It is a season and a new day, and we need to know that, and we need to make those demands and make them known by using our voices and not being silenced by the judgment that is happening. We need to make that known by um, speaking up and speaking out, um, speaking up and speaking out regarding who I am and who I be and how I show up in this world. Hey, brother, I'm glad you made it. I'm so glad you made it. Um, so when we talk about bonnets and beards, and it's so much more than that, right? I use those two things as an example for the binary for women and men. Um, and and what then, let's not even talk about non-binary, right? Let, you know, let's talk of those, uh, not the gender non-conforming folk. Hey, Rosemary, Dr. Rose is in the building. Um, excellent points, Tawana. Check out this amazing TED Talk. All of y'all check out this amazing TED Talk on policing bodies of young black people. Um, I will definitely check it out. I'm glad it's in the chat. Um, yes, tattoos and long hair and sagging pants. What does that have to do with it? Um, thank you, Dr. Rose. I appreciate your input. That's what we need as we're building community. Mother Carolyn says conforming to the code of whiteness is not what we do or how we live as liberated beings. Absolutely. My sister Marie is blowing kisses. Listen, listen, beloveds. There's a lot of gems, jewels right here in, in this thread. Please check out the TED Talk. Please check out the comments because we, we are so much we are so much more than being relegated to a hair bonnet. Again, I, I was taught the same thing, that I don't go out in uh, inside clothes. My inside clothes were for inside. My outside clothes were for outside. Well, what does that mean now? That was back in the 80s, right? When I was like 10 years old and, you know, the mid 80s when I was a teenager, so how has thing how have things changed and evolved? I'm hoping that it's changing and evolving to insert more of humanity versus all of this superficial stuff that we're so so concerned about. We should be concerned about how Breonna Taylor's killers still have not 
been arrested or in jail or she has not received justice and her blood is still crying from the ground. We should be concerned about all of the voter suppression that's going on in each one of these states. We should be concerned about how they're challenging Roe versus Wade. We should be concerned about the government telling women what to do with their bodies. We should be concerned about how blackness is perceived as a threat And every time some other group, something happens to some other group, we get pushed to the side and all of a sudden we're making laws for every other group, but we never receive reparations and never receive apology and never receive any type of of reconcile. There's nothing to reconcile. Y'all haven't even consoled and we have never been conciliated. So there's nothing to reconcile. There's nothing but an apology and new beginnings that needs to happen. We can't reconcile something that was never together to begin with. Listen, beloveds, what we need to be concerned about is coming together as community. So you know what? I don't have to worry about a job worrying about how I'm going to show up for work because this is the norms and the standards that we are establishing as the black diaspora. Not to say that we are, you know, um, less than or we would you know, kind of just let anybody come walking through the door and do anything. No, there's some something called decency and order as a collective. That there is something called, um, you know, how how we live and how we live out loud and we live doing the best we can so that we can support not only ourselves and our well-being, but the well-being of others. So all of those rules and stuff have to be together, conjoined. It's not separate like in whiteness. It's not just individualistic like in whiteness. It is, it's, it's about community and how we describe those norms and how those norms come up and how they're born out of this separatist attitude or this individu- individualistic attitude that we just can't conform to because it's not in our blood. It's not in our, our DNA. It's not. Check out High on the Hog. It's an amazing, amazing documentary. Um, I, I just saw the first um, episode and I was in tears, just loving my people and just, yeah, check it out. Check it out. It'll teach you a lot about the food that we eat here in America and how things have, have changed and, and have been um, dishonored when, when, most of the culture in this place were from Africans, enslaved Africans, and those of First Nation indigenous folk. So with that, I love y'all dearly. It's Tuesdays with Tawana. I'm your host and your curator. Every week we do this, and I love the dialogue, and I love the conversation um, because we, 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 we're going to do better when we do it together. And when we do it together and use our voices collectively, then things will change and things will change where we'll insert humanity back into this this system of dehumanizing people because they are wearing a bonnet or wearing a beard or have locks in their hair or have dark dark skin. We, We must change that narrative and we are coming together to change it. So we're doing that because you show up every Tuesday. Um to holla at me and I'm so grateful. So with that, it's Tuesday, I'm out. Um, Oh, Huntsville, Texas is one of the places that was profiled. So I look forward to seeing it. I look forward to seeing um, Denver's very own um, Adrian Miller who who wrote a book 
um, about cooks in the White House. And I believe he shows up in this documentary as well. So shout out to him. Um, yeah, so we're, we're doing things. We're sh shifting narratives and really showing people um, what our culture is all about, not for them to exploit it, but to show them so we can love ourselves and we can show people how to love us. Does wearing a bonnet on my head really show you and tell you to hate me? I don't think so. And if it does, then we have a ser even a more serious problem in this country than I thought. So I love y'all. I love y'all to the moon and beyond. Always so grateful to have you on with me. And you know what? I'll see you next Tuesday. Let's go, Knicks! Tomorrow night, don't call me. I'll be watching the Knicks game. I'm out. Peace.